Hello and welcome to another episode of the 12 Shows of Richard Herring podcast. This time we will be looking at The Headmaster's Son, which I did on Friday the 28th of August at the Leicester Square Theatre. As anticipated, this weekend was quite tricky for me. These were two shows, this and uh, Hit and Moustache, which I did on the Saturday, that um, required an awful lot of learning and... For the first time, I was feeling a little bit out of my depth on stage and a bit terrified about what was coming up next. Uh, There were a few minor errors, and I think uh, when I I play the the first bit of the show, you'll see that I am a little bit nervous. But Headmaster's Son especially is very tightly scripted. The opening monologue is this kind of mock heroic speech full of different language, and it's all quite important that everything's in the right place. Uh, and even though I did practice it a lot, it's still, without having done it a lot of times, it's hard to really get that crisp. So there's quite a few little blunders in there. Uh, I did miss a tiny bit out. Uh, and this show and Hitler Vestash, I kind of actually slightly struggled by... I think I made a mistake of making quite a comprehensive set list for both of these shows. That I thought, oh, if things go wrong, I can go and look at this and find out where I am. Um, I should have both times made a very simple set list that just said what followed what and and found my way through it uh, and just made it one page, but I had too much paper and with Hit and Mustache, as you'll see in the next podcast, that kind of almost ended in disaster as I got confused and lost. And when that set list is there, even if you, I think if it wasn't there, I would have found my way through both shows much easier, much more easily. But um, when, when it's there, you're kind of tempted to go and look at it anyway, even if you know what's coming up next. So it slightly distracted me. I found this a slightly harder show to do, but having said that, I think it... Um, did come together well and I think the audience in the theatre kind of appreciate what I'm doing is quite difficult and I think the first six of the eight of these shows what is it no how many have I done I've said the first six of these shows um almost went off a bit too well you know almost that I think actually having a few little errors and a few bit, little bits of uh human frailty within there help a little bit uh but it was weird because I'd, I had um been rehearsing this show all week I couldn't tell how much I'd taken in, but I was finding it very uh, emotive and emotional. Is that the right word? Uh, and the end of the show, which sometimes made me cry when I did it, if my dad was in the audience, I think if you watch the DVD of The Headmaster Son, which I would recommend, I'd recommend you watch the DVDs of all these shows because you'll see a much, generally a much crisper and better performance. Um, and you'll be able to see it as well, but go to gofasterstrike.com if you want to buy the DVDs or if you want to buy, of course, the audios to the first 10 of these 12 shows, gofasterstrike.com. Uh, but... Um, yeah, the, they used to make me cry a little bit at the end if my dad was in. And in the DVD, I got a little bit emotional right on the last couple of words. You can hear my voice cracking as I say how proud I am to be my father's son. But listening to this show, and I think maybe now being a bit older, being a bit further away from the events, but also I don't think it's because I'm a father myself so much, but just that I'm older and all the stuff about my first girlfriend, but mainly about my dad. It's sort of, the, and just talking about being at school and, and the person you were back then it's the the older you get and the further away you get from it all the kind of more bittersweet and it becomes and so when I was even just listening the first time I a couple of times I listened to the show through on my headphones I got a little tear in my eye and I, I will listen to it in the bath one time and I actually properly cried for about the last five minutes of the show uh it's a weird show in that and then it, and it addresses this in the show in that uh, it's sort of full, of full of filth and silliness and there's a, a kind of misjudged possibly routine or, you know, out of place. It's a really funny routine about me using my tiny hands um, to do something quite disgusting. I think it's, the tone of that routine 
it maybe doesn't fit in with the rest of the show, but I quite like that. As I say, uh, probably in the warm-up and in the show itself, my uh, manager at the time advised me to take that routine out because he thought it would make it more commercially acceptable and, and more people would be interested in the show if it didn't have this strange interlude. But I really love that routine because it's about uh, challenging people's hypocrisy. It's about, you know, I think with the, the even though it's a stupid, fanciful, ridiculous routine, it's about fantasy, it's about sexual fantasies, it's about hypocrisy of people's sexual fantasies, it's about the way people pretend that the thing they do isn't, you know, isn't questionable, but it's also about the way we deal with the subject and by the fact that we don't talk about the subject of paedophilia and also the fact that we treat paedophiles as pariahs, I think isn't, isn't helpful and makes the problem much, much worse. But anyway, so, I mean, it's hard to get that out of this routine. Perhaps you actually think I'm being fanciful, but I think comedy does sort of challenge and allow us to talk about stuff that we wouldn't otherwise talk about. Anyway, here's what I said in the in the dressing room before the show. Apologies if this almost certainly overlaps with what I've just told you now. Are you only recording this on one channel again? Because it got like only it was only in the left-hand channel. Yeah. Right. How do I, I don't know how to make it in, in the. Can you do it so it's just a mono? I can't. Not on this. Okay. Now. All right. I don't think anyone notices apart from one bloke's just noticed. Them out? Well, I just put it up, but I, I thought it would be all right. But it's, there, there are uh, two channels on it. I could probably tell you how to do it. I don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. This in, yeah? yeah, this is definitely going to be in. Hello, here we are. Sorry if we're just in the left-hand ch- channel, but, you know, I can only afford George, who doesn't know how to do it in mono. Um, and uh, we are doing the seventh show of 12. Uh, and George is looking upset for some reason. I don't know what's going on. Uh, it's, uh, what is it tonight? Headmaster's son. It's not a good sign. These two, are, I'm doing Hitler Moustache tomorrow. Uh, I've got there's the Hitler Moustache, George. Look at that, what do you think? Nice. It's hidden away in my beard. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't work out if I'm going to be all right with these or not. I sort of have been listening to Headmaster Sun all day and feel like I vaguely know what's happening, but then it's very wordy and it's a very long script. I think I have to lose about 10 minutes, uh, and I haven't really tried to lose very much, so God knows how this is going to go. Um, but then I always say that at this stage, um, and Hitler Stash I think is even harder. Uh, I have tried them both out at a little tryout, and they've gone okay, but I have had the script right beside me. Which I will do. I don't really want to use the script. The script's on the table if I really get lost. Um, uh, and Headmaster Sun, yeah, it's a sweet show, 2008. Yeah, it must be. Uh, and there's a big long thing at the beginning about this in a sort of mock heroic fashion that was quite difficult to learn. Um, there's a stu- bit in the middle about wanking off paedophiles. You'll enjoy that, George. Um, and... Uh, when I did the show to begin with, my manager advised me to cut that routine because the rest of the show is quite sweet. Uh, I felt it was too funny to not keep in, but it does stick out like a sore thumb in this autobiographical show that's quite a sweet show. Oh, and there's a good chance I might cry during this. Again? Yeah, yeah. but I like properly cry. I've actually been listening to it. I've been like weeping actual tears. So I'm going to try and hold it together because I don't like the idea of uh, crying on stage because I'm too much of a man, but... Uh, it does get to me emotionally because it's looking back at the past and especially now I'm a father maybe even more so it resonates even more I mean my dad's still alive as we speak so uh, you know he might die in the next 15 minutes I think if he was dead it would be very very hard to get through this I don't really like him in real life so it's I don't know why it's upsetting me so much um I'm trying to try think if there are any other major challenges in it. It's just there's a, a couple of very complicated routines in the second half that I might fuck up but uh, it's a nice show Headmaster's son, 
And at this stage, having done six and felt like this at the start of all six, I'm feeling it might be okay, but maybe that's a mistake. Um, trying to think if anything else is uh, of any relevance to you. I don't think there is really. It's all true. All the stuff's true. My dad doesn't uh, remember the burping incident, uh, but there's loads of things. He's quite old now. He doesn't remember lots of things. Uh, and uh, yeah thanks for uh, listening to these podcasts and uh, I will reconvene oh and it's sold uh, it's just below at the moment just to say below uh, Hercules Terrace it's like three tickets below let's just see no it's one ticket below Hercules Terrace with 15 minutes to go so I think it might just overtake Hercules Terrace and be the fourth best selling show thus far but Hit and Mustache will overtake it tomorrow I think it's a little bit behind at the moment, but Hit the Mustache is well on the way. So, it's, again, they're all going all right, apart from We're All Going to Die and What Is Love Anyway, which aren't selling very well. I don't know why. I think those are both good shows, but maybe people have seen them recently, so I don't want to see them again. Or maybe people disagree with me. I think What Is Love Anyway is the best show. I keep on saying it. There's a fly in here, I'm going to try and kill. And we'll see if, they're, uh, see if we get into any fights with uh, the next show this week, which we did after the last show, a little bit of an argument. Um, but I think the theatre is backing us up so we'll see I might just insist that this is my dressing room and no one's allowed to share it we'll see how that goes down uh, anyway let's get on with the show 15 minutes to show time let's enjoy it it's going to be great yeah like I said it's all the same stuff again but uh, <laughs> it's uh, uh, we did just overtake Hercules so this uh, as we went into uh, the, uh, as of the day this was the uh, fourth best selling show thus far um just under 300 or some 280 something i think in which is again that's that's all brilliant um as stressful as all of this is in the extent that it's i start the week thinking i'm never going to be able to do this i get to the middle of the week and think oh maybe i'll be able to do it and then i get to the show and think oh no i don't know i'm going to be able to do it it's nowhere near as stressful as edinburgh it's just it's a kind of delight to go back and do these shows and the audiences have been terrific and also you know i know i'm not going to lose thousands of pounds and then I'll make a reasonable amount of money for doing it a worthwhile amount of money so that's um and I get to get home like after this show I think I got home at 9 30 and I was back with my wife uh drinking wine and eating kettle crisps which I think have changed their um recipe they're not as good as they were they're not as zingy or tasty as they were and they're, the crisps themselves have become more like Pringles which I don't I don't like Pringles there's a kind of weird little aftertaste to a Pringle and kettle crisps used to be that luxury crisp. Maybe I've maybe it's I that have changed, but maybe it's the kettle crisps that have changed. Maybe I now need a fancier crisps because you know I'm older and have higher standards. But back in the day when kettle crisps came out, they were the most amazing thing we'd ever tasted, weren't they? But now I don't know. They just seem a little bit smooth and not as not as tasty. I like the the balsamic vinegar ones, you know, because I'm middle class. I don't know if you've noticed that. Anyway, that's by the by. So the show uh, was, uh, did, you know, it, I, I, yes, I know. I, we, I left that bit in talking about the mono. Someone had complained that uh, so, uh, apologies to the audio files. You make me sick, but it would be hypocritical of me to be too down on you when I've just mildly tried to say that uh, we the subject of paedophilia needs re-looking at. Um, so no, audio files are worse than paedophiles, and I will stick with that. As long as I live, I will never change my mind about that. You'll disgust me. Uh, one man complained that uh, those interviews were coming in in the left channel only, uh, but uh, George seemed confused. I'm not sure he's ever really worked with sound before, uh, but uh, he has managed, as you'll have noticed, to double up that track, and so it's coming in both of your ears. George is coming in both of your ears, and that is that is essentially his dream. 
Um, so let's have a little, I'll play you the beginning of the show and I think you'll just see, um, you'll see the panic and you'll, you'll, you'll hear, I think the little mistakes I make, but hopefully also it is, um, yeah, it's still, it's still pretty good. And the show did, I, I'll keep on playing you the first bit. Actually, weirdly, tomorrow with Hit Mustache, it started very, very strongly. Uh, and, uh, I don't know, I, you know, I felt similarly, uh, unsure of what was happening, but somehow it came out. Whereas this one, I was constantly all the way through thinking, oh my God, what happens next? What happens next? Um, so, you know, it, it's it's quite a tricky thing to do 12 shows in six weekends. So it's good that I've shown that by making this one slightly shonk, maybe slightly shonkier. Uh, it's, there's mild shonk in there, but uh, it added to the, the fun. Uh, anyway, here I, I am uh, starting the show of Headmaster Sun. I'll maybe give you the full uh, opening mockerote thing but i won't tell you what happened at the end you'll have to buy either the dvd or the audio if you want to find out and remember that's the first 10 shows 15 hours of audio comedy for 12 pounds uh if you want to help contribute towards that and pay george sandman's given how good he is at what he's doing exorbitant fee oh yes and i should say i did manage to find the original walking music for this show and um it was all sort of early 1980s hits, which was really good fun to listen to again, although the CD itself was pretty dirty and grotty and it did cut out halfway through. So you'll just hear a little bit of A Town Called Malice uh, as uh, just before the start of this by The Jam, which is a uh, uh, Emma Pancho at the King's West used to love The Jam and we used to take the mickey out of it because we liked the Sex Pistols uh, and uh, we used to turn around to in German class and go ba 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 in an ironic fashion. Now I prefer the jam to the Sex Pistols, so Emma Pancho was correct and I was a fool. But uh, you, it was very good fun to listen back to those old 80s hits and that took me back to school discos, etc., as did the whole show. So that's why I'm a, you know, I'm a bit emotional in this show. It's kind of pathetic. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the headmaster's son, it's Richard Herring! Thank you very much, thank you for coming, love to see you all, and welcome to show 7 of 12. Uh, the headmaster's son, thank you, you've come to all of them, uh, thank you very much. You haven't, there's still five more to come, it's fantastic, we'll see. So it was Ascension Day, 1982. All the staff and pupils of the Kings of Wessex Upper School Cheddar were gathered in the Vicarage Garden of St Andrew's Church to celebrate one of the least less popular Christian feast days. Though, why Christ's ascension to heaven is given such low prominence in the liturgical calendar, I'm not really sure. For me, ascending to heaven is probably the most impressive thing Jesus ever did. Anyone can get crucified. Loads of people did. They didn't end up on a necklace. Other people have come back from the dead. Just recently, that bloke with the canoe. <laughs> Jesus did walk on water, that is quite impressive. But David Copperfield, the magician, walked through the Great Wall of China. For me, it's more impressive to pass through a solid than stand on a liquid. That is, that's just personal taste. But no one apart from Jesus, as far as I'm aware, has propelled themselves bodily off the ground without the use of rockets or wings or hot air and actually entered heaven in corporeal form. He, he didn't burn up in the atmosphere like you'd expect. He, he managed to breathe in the vacuum of space without his eyes going all bobbly like he was Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall. 
He located heaven in the infinity of space and then just walked in there with his body still attached. I mean, all the other people in heaven, in heaven must have felt like right chumps standing there in their naked souls. Jesus waltzes in, goes, oh, didn't you, bring, didn't you want to bring your bodies into heaven then? Did you, did you think having a soul was the best thing about being alive? You didn't enjoy eating or drinking or having sex or the visceral excitement of adrenaline rushing through your veins. You could have just come up with your body. That's what I did. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> looks like I'm going to be the only one spending the rest of eternity with a cock. Sha. <laughs> but no. Oh, no, there'll be nowhere to put it. No. Oh, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Twice in two months. Bastard. But... <laughs> doesn't say anything about it in the Bible, but I'm hoping that as Jesus ascended, he left a little coloured trail of smoke behind him like he was one of the red arrows, uh, preferably billowing out of his holy anus, uh, maybe skywriting as he went. Jesus saves. Get a little advert in, get the ball rolling, or, um, or doubt this, Thomas. Or, uh, or, hey, Pontius, call yourself a pilot? Look at me! <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit lame with that one. I think for that to work, Jesus might have had to put P-I-L-O-T pilot in brackets after pilot, just to clarify the pun. Of course, of course, there was no job of a pilot as we would understand it in those days. Even if there was, it wouldn't have been a pun in either Hebrew or Latin. So I think Jesus would have had fart a little asterisks at the end of that and then in smaller skywriting pun. And don't worry, this will make sense to future generations. Leave it in the Bible. It's an excellent joke. It's probably the best joke I've done while I've been here. It's typical just as I'm leaving, but... Uh... I don't know how much bum smoke an ascending Jesus is able to generate. I, I think that might have even been beyond him, and I, I say that with the deepest of respect. <laughs> so there we were, a thousand schoolchildren standing in a vicarage garden being forced to celebrate something that clearly never happened to someone who didn't exist. Absolutely my favourite joke in the show, that one that didn't get much of a response from the Leicester Square Theatre crowd, uh, the one about Jesus not existing. Uh, but, um, yeah, actually listening back to that, I mean, I can, I'm can. i more critical, perhaps, of my own performance than you might be. Uh, not some of you. Some of you come, are very critical on Twitter. Thank you. Do keep that up, because I do need that, because, you know, I, I think I'm amazing, so don't worry. Uh, so you need to keep me down on the ground level. Uh, there were a few little stumbles, but actually, what can, given what was going on inside my head and the fear that was going on inside my head that sounds remarkably good and quite interestingly I think listening back to all these shows on audio at least without the DVDs from the first performance um there's a lot of just what I did there ums and errs and you knows in those certainly the early shows and, and further in than I thought really I mean there's an element where I am some stuff scripted and some stuff is less scripted and some stuff's looser but uh, I think I've become better at removing the errs and ums but you may think differently I haven't really listened back to enough of this stuff so maybe that's becoming a slightly better performer and improviser perhaps uh, which you would hope really wouldn't you after all this time of doing this stuff and there were a few bits where I had to go and look at my piece of paper I don't think they're, they're amusing enough to share with you you can listen to them if you buy the the audio that I basically just go over to my paper and go, oh yes, like that is where I thought it was, which is it's more or less what that setlist was doing. And the setlist was very confusing, just because I think I tried to get too much information down there. And of course, once you're looking at it, you really just need one word in big letters to say this is the, the this routine coming up next. Um, so I got through the first half, and I, and I the audience seemed a little bit shocked by the wanking off paedophile routine more than I expected from my crowd. But I, I never, I don't know who the people coming to the shows are, whether they're fans or they're new people. Um, and so, you know, I don't, or whether they're really that shocked or whether they're just playing along. So, uh, I do, I do end the first half by saying by the end of the show, you will think I'm the nicest man in the world. And 
some people chatted out they disagreed. I think they were just joining in. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, I'm saying uh, a lot now, I realise, but this is not a script. This is me just making stuff up. So it's allowed. By the end, it was, uh, it was, it, it did kind of get to me. It was, it, I think partly the emotion of doing these shows is part of the emotional journey because it's, it's a massively difficult thing to put myself through in that obviously I'm doing shows that I'm not 100% on top of and performing them in front of lots of people and I want to do the best job I can do. So even getting to the end of it, a lot of the shows, I feel slightly emotional just that I've managed to do it. The second half, which are usually the things I think I know least well, weirdly seem to go almost better most of the time. Maybe I've just relaxed and uh, certainly that's, as you'll find out with the Hitler Moustache podcast that's that's certainly what happened in that show and at the, the, the end of this show I did from quite a long way towards the end I started really filling up and I generally didn't want to cry and I think if I do cry I think it's nice if I do get emotional it's obviously a nice thing for the show but I think also to fake that emotion or to allow it to come or even allow it to come through even if I don't you know and I could pre- prevent it I think would be phony um and I don't really want to cry in front of lots of people talking about my dad. I mean, my life is ridiculously lucky. And uh, I, as I said in that intro, I very, had a very happy childhood and my my dad's still alive. And there's, you know, But I think that doesn't really negate the fact that we all feel emotion about our own lives and the passage of time and relationship with our family. And what's nice about this show, I think, is... And it was generally surprising when I wrote it, is the realisation that I had not thought of this any of this from my father's point of view until I came to write this show and obviously being an older man and being now being a man about the age I suppose he was when all this happened um you sort of realize that adults don't know everything and are are just human beings and we'll do our best as parents but we'll make mistakes and as I say sometimes we're put in a position where either response is going to be wrong and we can harbour grudges or resentments for a quarter of a century uh, that then when you think about them you realise are pathetic. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and I think this thing that people generally don't think about in their own lives that maybe they are the dick maybe they maybe things haven't gone their way because they deserve that maybe they, maybe they have deserved to do better but maybe it's their own fault and even if it isn't your own fault then it's pointless sort of spending your life blaming other people you've got to kind of got to pick yourself up and get on beyond that and and try and be happy so there's again I think it's a show there's a lot of sweet shows in amongst these 12 there's some that aren't sweet there's things in all the shows that certainly aren't sweet but there's proper emotion in this and I guess that's the Hercules show which I you know again I think at the time I wasn't I, I wasn't in love with or I thought was flawed you sort of realise, listening back to that and doing it again, that it's a very raw and it's very open. I suppose this stuff about my... There's a there's a sweet uh, routine about seeing my first girlfriend for the first time in 20 years and the emotions that get thrown up th- from that. And um, what I like about that routine is there's a, there's a sort of steer in there that makes you think I'm going one way, which again is, a, is, is why that previous material that seems out of place is, is quite good because I talk about her son and seeing her son and her and his son looking so like her and you think that there's going to be some awful joke about me and her son, her 12-year-old son, which, you know, I would we would hope there wouldn't be, but I think the audience are ready for it because of what's come before and then I wrong-foot the audience in a different way in that I sort of say that that could have been my son if, I, if I'd 
stuck with my first girlfriend and lived the dream that I thought I wanted to live at the time. And I suppose that's something that then comes up in What is Love Anyway, that I used, uh, understand the use of honesty and telling something in a in an emotionally open way that's that's just true. And it's not necessarily about... That's I suppose what's nice about this show, we hear a lot of stories about people who have lived horrible lives and terrible lives. And, and obviously those stories have to be told and they are compelling and important. But most of us don't have those awful things in our lives or to that extent. And um, yet still, I don't think that negates our own emotions or our own feelings. We want to live in a world where everyone is taken seriously and everyone is allowed to express themselves rather than a world where people are made to feel bad <laughs> for, for being privileged or having checking your privilege. Obviously, I'm a, I have a privileged life, and as do you. You have a computer and access to internet and, I'm assuming, clean water and toilets and all that sort of stuff. So we could all complain about our lives, and there's always going to be someone worse off than us. But I don't think... I think the idea of equality, I think, is that everyone's experience is equally important and that includes people who's that should they should no one should be made to feel guilt being guilty for who they are unless they're doing something really terrible i suppose anyway that's that's another sort of another point but it's you know i think it's interesting to just express those things that are more universal and that we probably all have that experience of meeting a, an old girlfriend or boyfriend from school and the weird feelings that are thrown up by that and it's nice to express that quite seriously even though of course I will manage to put jokes in there somewhere but I like that joke I nearly changed it but I like the fact that it makes you think I'm going to say oh something awful about wanting to go back and and be with a child <laughs> and actually it's about the fact that I could have been that child's father and of course this show is also um from a place when I wasn't Matt uh, married and didn't have a family. I'd met my girlfriend by my wife, and she was my girlfriend at this point, so I was hoping things would go that way. But the story itself is from before I met my wife, so it, it sort of tells of a time when I was emotionally vulnerable and worrying that I'd fucked up my life and was 40 and hadn't got anywhere. And you know, and I suppose that's partly what the show is about. It's about looking at looking backwards and forwards and working out what's important and you know and realizing as much as I was a stupid dick at 16 that there was a lot of great things in there so there's a nice re and again I think the, the payoff of the uh, this tiny hand routine from the first half is in the second half when I end up talking to my myself as a 16 year old and I managed to also slip in a a new top of the pops joke <laughs> and yeah, I'm sure you can imagine where that went so I won't, I won't bother playing that for you uh Anyway, here's what I thought. This has gone on for a long time. It's, uh, I'm just opening up to you. I feel like we're friends now by this stage. I feel like we got rid of the idiots uh, who won't have bothered listening this far into this series. So here is uh, the, my post show. Okay. You ready? Oh, hang on. Is it working? It's mono. Oh, is it? That's good. Yeah, cool. Hello, it's working, hooray. Um, yes, well, it was good. As, I, as predicted, A, I was a bit uh, shaky with the lines. It's such a complicated show and there's so many words in it. And so even though I kind of have been through it in my head a lot, I think I haven't said it out loud enough. And there was a few little mistakes. There's a few bits where I forgot where I wasn't had to look at my paper uh, in a more obtrusive way than usual. And I did get a little bit emotional at the end, which you'll have to listen to. You'll have to buy the podcast to listen to that because I'm not going to give you that, my awful emotion coming out. Um, but I think it was uh, the audience seemed to really like it, which is great. Um, in the end, I think probably made the second half a bit too short. I cut a big bit out to just to make sure we got out on time. And we did get out on on time, so that's good. But we could probably have done another five minutes. So I cut a little bit at the beginning, which I might do in the final show instead. 
Um, but yeah, apart from losing my place and a couple of times and being a bit over-emotional at the end and nearly crying, I think it went okay. Uh, and there were 281 in in the end. So that's a solid fourth place at the moment. I think uh, Hitler Moustache will, uh, will lap it tomorrow. Um, but I'm not sure any others will, I think, apart from the last show, which is already ahead. So uh, that's all exciting. So, yeah, it's good. Seven down. Hitler Moustache, you know, again, is tomorrow a very challenging show in a similar vein. So I'm a little bit scared about that now. So I'll go home and really work really hard on that so that uh, I get that up to speed. But yeah, that is really nice, and it's nice to think once I've got these two out of the way, I think the last, the next three should be relatively easy. That is what I'm thinking, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and uh, yes, that's it's all it's all nice. I'm having a beer, and I'm going to go home and see my wife now, and we lovely. It's nice. I'll get home by ten o'clock. It's beautiful. Goodbye. Got home by nine thirty. So there you go, uh, and had those kettle crisps. Disappointing, and a nice uh, sancerre. Oh, drinking too much. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that's that's Headmaster's son, um, and uh, lovely to do that show again. Uh, yeah, that's one of the shows that uh, the last box of programs, as far as I can find, has now gone. So uh, there's very few of those left. If you want to get copies of all the programs that I have, which uh, there's hardly any Hitler stashes, there's hardly any Hercules terraces. I mean, there's like one or two of those, um, and there's no Menage Uns. But if you want me to send you a signed copy of all of the others, plus leaflets from nearly every show uh, that I will also sign, then donate £20 at www.justgiving.com slash happy now. And then email me your address at herring1967 at gmail.com. And I and maybe put a bit more in if you're abroad and the postage will be a bit more expensive. But uh, I will post you uh, all of those as soon as I can, and then you they're, and they're good value these these programs. And of course, all that money goes to scope, so uh, that's a charity thing. If you want to hear the full shows, if your interest has been piqued, fifteen hours plus of comedy for twelve pounds, then go to gofasterstripe.com slash 12 shows I think with one twos and numerals but just go to gofasterstripe.com it's at the top and you can buy nearly all of these shows on DVD at gofasterstripe.com if you want to see the whole thing without the bits I've forgotten sometimes performed better sometimes maybe not performed as well I don't know then uh, you could get nearly all of those at gofasterstripe.com a hit and a moustache and a Christ on a bike I think are available on iTunes to download I think you'll also maybe find copies of those on Amazon but uh, we did those through a different distribution company that have now closed down, so there aren't really many copies of those. We're hoping to get their rights back and sell them through GoFaster Stripe at some point. You can only get these special third discs of both those shows at GoFaster Stripe. So even if you buy the DVD or the show elsewhere, go to GoFasterStripe.com and buy disc three for both those shows. And there's lots of extras and bits that got cut. You know, I think like there's a couple of cut bits and there's some quite good extras on all these things I try to put as much work into these things because I'm a comedy fan as well and I don't like to rip people off I, I really think getting all of these ten, the 10 of these 12 shows for, for £12 is a stupidly good deal and also remember if you like then you can go to kickstarter.com search for RHLSTP and you will find our Kickstarter campaign there's currently about the 12 and a half days left and we need to raise another £25,000. I'm not sure we're quite going to do it. So if you enjoy those podcasts and would like to see them carrying on on video, then go and donate a little bit and there's some nice rewards if you do. Uh, so I'll, tomorrow I'll talk... No, no, not tomorrow. The next podcast I will tell you about uh, Hitler Stash and how that went. Uh, and it was the first one where things 
there was like, an, I would say, the first major shaky, properly shonky, shaky moment. But it was also one of the best <laughs> performances I think I've done in this run of 12 shows and certainly a fantastic reaction from the crowd. And the four shows remaining are What Is Love Anyway on Friday, the something like the 4th of September. Uh, let's have a look. It's, uh, yeah, What Is Love Anyway, Friday the 4th of September. We're all going to die Saturday the 5th of September. Lord of Dance City on the 11th, on 9-11, and, uh, sorry, 11-9, and um, Happy Now on the 12th. Now, Happy Now is got about 50 tickets left, so that is definitely going to sell out. So book for that now if you want to come to that. Again, I think this is going to be like a work-in-progress version of Happy Now. Certainly Happy Now will change into something else. I'm, I, I think I might even make this a special version that is references what I've done. So, But there's lots of good material, and I'm, I'm hoping to write some more good material in the next two weeks. And that is quite exciting to be working towards a, a premiere of that show. And I, yeah, I will do my best to make it very funny and of good quality. But it's quite exciting that that will be all new stuff, of course. Except maybe in the first half where I might do a few of these little bits that I had to cut out. Like the little bit I had to cut out of... Headmaster's Son today, and uh, the little bit, the big bit that I had to cut out of Christ on the Bike, and maybe the Trout Sperm. Those things may all turn up in in the first half where I am a support act for myself. Uh, what is Love Anyway? And uh, We're All Gonna Die, as I say, kind of quite a lot lower than the other shows, just uh, about 130, I think, ticket sales for both of those. So the current lowest is 240 for a show that's finished. So we will see whether th- that picks up in the week. I really think they're good shows. I'm really proud of the shows, particularly What Is Love Anyway. So if you are dilly-dallying and thinking about coming to a show, go to the com and just, sorry, com and uh, you can buy tickets for those remaining four shows. Do be quick for happy now. And we'll be back with the next podcast later in the week to talk about Hitler Mustache and look a little bit forward to What Is Love Anyway. And we're all going to die. Hope you're finding these things interesting and useful. And uh, thank you for listening. Do tell your friends about the podcasts and the shows if you can. Cheers.